to know about how early screening and knowing your profile can lead to the avoidance of heart attack and stroke altogether. Pre-screening and simple non-invasive tests can actually prevent Alzheimer's and many of the other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls, so please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, and this is your chance to talk to the doctor directly. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back, all of you listeners, to our live weekly medical show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are back again tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, welcome back to another one of your very informative shows. Siobhan, hi, you're in Chattanooga today performing. And Dr. Collender, before we get started on COVID, which is inevitable, I do want to say that one of our loyal listeners, a veterinarian, mentioned to me, I met him in a store last week, and he said, we're always talking about COVID. And he said, how about if Dr. Collender talks about some of the other diseases, which I promise we will get to and the care that you give in your concierge practice, because it's obviously not all about COVID. So it's my fault that I'm starting with COVID tonight, not well, yours. I, this is a time to let this audience know about our Sunday show. We tell our Sunday audience about this show. So on Sunday, we spend a lot of time getting the details of prevention, heart attack and stroke prevention, because we don't have callers, we have time to talk a lot about it. So that's, right. that's a great time to listen in and learn a lot of, of details about that. Uh, but we do have to start with COVID because it's COVID. Well, uh, yeah, but just over the break there, before we you know, came back to the live show, you gave us some important information about England and Israel. Let the listeners know. Right. So great news is in England. Uh, they basically lifted all of their COVID restrictions. So there's no mask mandates anywhere and there isn't going to be any more vaccine uh, passports and no more requirements at all. And that's great news. Um, You know, the first country to really do something positive um, and following the science. The uh, other news is Israel, who's done four shots for everybody, you know, two boosts, two shots in the beginning, a third and then a fourth shot. And they have the highest case rates in the world right now for COVID. So, so what you're saying is the fourth booster, I mean, not the first, the second, third, but we're now in the fourth in Israel and their numbers are still flying out the door. What's the, what's the reason for that? They don't work. And if we're seeing that highly vaccinated areas are getting more cases, it's more than just saying they don't work. It's harmful to have viral illness all the time. So if maybe these vaccines are predisposing you to getting COVID, that's what seems to be happening over there. And previously we say, well, I'll follow Israel because they're doing data. But my God, you know, I can't believe how wrong they were. It's, it's really shocking. But still, kudos to England for, you know, leading the world and 
saying, you know what, let's just deal with COVID as it comes. People will recover on their own. So, Shivani, you're listening to that? Rule yeah, Britannia. But what was, yeah, but what was it that changed in England? Because at the beginning, they were pretty, one of the stricter countries, I believe. They had some of the biggest lockdowns, I think. So what was it that shifted? I don't think I can tell you. I don't know. Um, I just heard that news, and I didn't realize that they sure. were so far ahead. And I was happy to hear it. Um, but I don't think it requires a whole, uh, that should be happening here. To me, the evidence is obvious that, the vaccines aren't working. Masks don't work. Um, early testing is appropriate. You know, to me, we have all the evidence already to make that kind of move here, but it's not going to happen. All right. Well, Siobhan, you have yeah. a caller? Yeah, we had a call come through. We have Craig from Canton on the line. Craig, what's your question? Hi, doctor. Thank you for taking my call. I've, I've heard your recent uh, protocols the last couple of shows, but I've not heard you mention anything about more about monoclonal antibodies. So have you dropped them from your protocol or is that still something that's uh, a tool in your toolbox? Well, thanks for calling. Um, I pretty much dropped them. Um, from what I'm learning is that the uh, Regeneron, which was great against the original COVID and Delta, doesn't do that well against Omicron. And um, the GSK product, and forgive me, I don't can't pronounce the name of it, but the GSK product um, may work against Omicron. But frankly, for most people, Omicron is mild and just not worth the trouble of getting it. Um, now, I know there's still people in the hospitals and there's still people dying from COVID. But again, that's not about getting or not getting uh, monoclonal antibodies, that's really about our healthcare system not letting people have access to early treatment. Um, early treatment on day one is very impactful and does the trick most of the time. Yeah, I think the most important thing, as you've said all along, is getting diagnosed immediately with it and then being in the care of a doctor like yourself that's going to give you treatment for it and not go to the hospital. I think that's what you said is very important. Being able to talk to somebody about, hey, this is what's happening to me today. What do I do? Because if you have no one to talk to and you watch the news, you think you're going to die and you go run to the emergency room and you get admitted. And guess what? Your chance of dying just went up about 75%. Right. So staying home, gutting it out under medical care, is great and no reason for there to be deaths from COVID. This can all be handled as an outpatient with doctors who have the time to take care of you. Yeah, and the most important thing is getting into treatment immediately, which is what you're doing. None of your patients died. None of your patients went into the hospital with COVID and you've just managed to treat them through the process. So I think that's what everybody needs to face up to. Quit thinking that you need to run to the ER because it doesn't help. Yeah, and we'll come back after the break. Let's talk more about this on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent or reverse disease, please call us at 800-859-0957. That's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Their version of their FDA was being sequestered, so they were starting to withhold information and not be open, and thankfully they that now went they, back. Now they've succumbed. 
If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know that we're welcoming you to our special weekly medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We are back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. After 20 years in practice and watching patients die prematurely and unnecessarily, he's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Siobhan in Chattanooga, you have a caller? Well, before we yes, go, I yeah, just no, want to jump ahead. in. Sorry. Sure, sure, so, go. No, go ahead. Because, go ahead. you know, last segment we are talking about early treatment. So one of my patients who's a regular listener, Mike M., texted me to let me know he had COVID. It was a mild case. What do I do? I said, you got to take the ivermectin right now. Don't wait for it to get bad to start going on a full therapy. So that's the key is early treatment right away. Don't wait to go bad. Don't take a chance because if this thing goes bad, it goes bad quickly. you got to be aggressive early. But again, once again, you have to have a doctor that you can talk right. to. who can, People can't write their own prescription. No. So the first door is open the door to an MD, a doctor that's going to be able to treat you and shepherd you through the process. Siobhan? You have a yeah, caller? So we have, yep, we have Heather on the line in Riverview. Heather, what's your question? Hi. Well, I guess I, I know that the topic's kind of focused on the, the virus right now, and, and I can tell you firsthand that um, I can't advocate enough for what you're talking about, um, the, the virus, because um, I was proactive, went to America's Frontline Doctors, got the ivermectin, got the z pack, uh, and um, it, it worked like a charm. So uh, for those of you who out, are out there and, and maybe if, even if you if you get a, find a doctor that will fill the prescriptor that will write the prescription for you, Walgreens, CVS and Rite Aid won't fill them. So you have to go to an independent pharmacy to get the prescriptions filled. I've found that out firsthand. But boycott. The, the reason, yeah, I, I'm too. All, boycott. I'm all over it. Yeah. But but the, the thing that I was interested, um, you know, you um, are advocating and, and, you know, letting everybody know that you're um, more on the preventative side. And it couldn't be more obvious to me um, that I have to make a change in my primary care physician because I've done quite a bit of homework on the virus. And um, my my primary care physician at a one of the major medical uh, facilities in the area and they were stone-faced. They didn't want to do anything for me when I, and he said, oh, you know, you, how did you, how did you get yourself on, you know, ivermectin and, and, or hydroxychloroquine? And anyway, long story short, um, I think for the audience's benefit, you know, um, you're talking about, um, cardiac care and preventative care. One of the things that I think, um, the, the audience could, could learn from you beyond the, the virus information that you have to share, which is very valuable, is in addition to cardiac care, um, what types of work do you do in your office in terms of preventative care for endocrine-related issues or um, dermal, you know, um, skin-related issues or, um, you know, other areas in the body where um, you know, for example, if somebody has cholesterol, you know, cholesterol is not good for your arteries and that becomes 
um, a cardiac issue. So, well, Heather, Heather, I, really... I got Heather, I got to jump in and let the doctor answer. Otherwise, you're going to have 15 <laughs> questions in here. We've got other callers. So, Doctor Collender, she's basically asking the question of. What do we do about all the other issues that patients have? And you're handling all of those other issues. Right. We appreciate you calling, Heather. And so you're absolutely right. We do need to work on heart attack and stroke prevention, which is actually our wheelhouse. That's what we do. And so we start by identifying people's disease and their diseases plaque. And the test that we use is a CIMT, which is a carotid intimate media thickness test. It's an ultrasound. It measures the layers of your artery wall. And one of the layers is a, is a representation of your body's inflammation. So in my patients, I know where they are health-wise, which is probably why a lot of my patients have done really well with COVID is because they're already on a program to reduce their artery inflammation. And so part of our process is addressing endocrine issues, addressing sleep issues, genetics, vitamin deficiencies, oral health. All of this together, um, and it ends up helping a lot of skin issues. So when you're addressing your total body's health, things you wouldn't expect to get better get better, and we're reducing your risk for cardiovascular event. And in my belief is you can reduce your risk of cardiovascular event to zero, but you've got to follow the right data, do the right things, and you need somebody who's able to do that, and obviously that doesn't happen in our traditional healthcare system. Okay, Siobhan, you have a caller? Yeah, so now we have Dave in Rochester on the line. Dave, what's your question? Hi, doctor. Uh, you mentioned your treatment of your COVID patients. And uh, have you ever released any studies or data, numeric data, on how many patients you're talking about? Well, uh, thanks for asking. That is a good question. But no, I'm not doing research studies on my patients. I can just tell you because I know them all. Um, you know, I probably treated about 120 patients with COVID. I've only had one person in the hospital and that was last week and they've been discharged. They're doing great. Um, so zero people in the hospital uh, from COVID. Uh, hopefully moving forward, we'll be doing a little bit more cardiovascular prevention research with some of the uh, initiatives that I have planned move in the next months to years. Well, I think, you know, patients just need to know that you, your practice is very broad and that you're not just, you're not just treating heart attack and stroke. You're treating the, the, the entire gamut of like the, the caller before endocrine disease, whatever the diseases are, diabetes, whatever it's getting someone like yourself who can shepherd them through the process and be available all the time. Well, thanks, Amory. It's about having the data to follow. So a lot of the traditional data markers that you all know of, like cholesterol, I don't care about. I don't care about your weight. And I don't really care about hemoglobin A1Cs anymore. I don't think those are data points that identify risk. So I'm able to see people's A1Cs reduce and they don't lose an ounce and their A1Cs don't move. And, you know, I don't know if that, we're going to learn over time what that means, but uh, the process is identifying new markers to follow, and that's the thing, is you got to put the data together and shepherd people through and educate them. Yeah, well, the most important thing, again, is having access to the type of practice that you have. Um, and you're, it's not that you're radical. It's just that you're looking at things that are giving you a, 
positive outcomes with your patients and not necessarily sticking with the protocol that's been handed down as to, you know, the standardized tests that everybody's doing the, you know. Well, the standard of care is a joke. I mean, it's a total joke. So forget that, you know, population medicine, you know, what other doctors are doing. It's awful. It's all there just to, you know, get pharmaceuticals and surgical procedures. So not to say I don't use pharmaceuticals, but when they're used the right way, they're very useful. But when they're not used the right way, which is unfortunately they're not, then people get skeptical. They don't know why they're on a drug. It doesn't make any sense. They're worried about side effects. But when it's done for the right reason, then compliance is better, and plus people do what they need to do because their lifestyle does play a big role in prevention. I know, and you don't you don't necessarily follow the, the regular protocol of what the tests are that the other uh, primary care physicians are using. Well, for you cardiac tests, like I don't ever do a stress test. And frankly, exactly. I don't really refer to cardiologists for vascular issues. I need them for irregular heartbeats, but not for the plumbing. You know, yes, electrical, no to plumbing. Um, yeah, we don't do any of those traditional things. The things we do in our office are non-invasive and simple. And more advanced. In the meantime, we're going to have to take a quick break. Again, you are listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke or have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly show Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. and live Thursday at 7. We're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Siobhan, you have some callers waiting in line? Yeah. So up first, we have Cliff and Leonard on the line. Cliff, what's your question? Hey, Dr. Collender. My question is, I had a heart attack in 2012. I got two stents in the LAD. Uh, I had 99 and 77% blockage. Um, I went to the hospital. They put those in there. They... Currently, I'm on metroprolol, lisinopril, and, oh, I knew this would happen. You're probably on a statin. Yeah, I'm taking an statin, Lipitor. And am I going to be on these for the rest of my life? Is it something that I can eliminate? So to answer your question, thanks for calling. You're going to be on them the rest of your life. Um, because statins reduce inflammation when people have plaque and you have plaque. Um, the ACE inhibitor drug you're on, lisinopril, is great at preventing heart attacks. There's a better one that I use. I use ramipril to prevent strokes. And then because you have disease, you need to be on an aspirin. So, I mean, this is a whole other show. We've done shows on aspirin, so we won't get into that today. But you have plaque, so you need an aspirin pretty much for life. Um, 
And then you need to get into an evaluation to figure out why did you have a heart attack? You know, why did you have plaque? Why do you have a stent? There's other conditions that you have that are not being identified. And I can tell you that without knowing anything more about you that you need to figure out to deal with. Otherwise, you're going to have more disease. People who have cardiac disease are at higher risk for other events. So taking those drugs is not enough. It's enough. That's standard of care. And it's... It does not mean you're in the clear. You need to identify your inflammations panel, your IMT levels, and all the other drivers of the disease so you can address them. How old is the caller? How old I'm, are you I'm not sure. Now. How much is he? Young, 62. 62. Yeah, yeah, so and he's already had two stents. That's kind of pathetic. That was 10 years ago. So, oh. yeah, so you, don't, you need to make sure that you understand all of the other conditions that cause you to have disease. I guarantee you it's not just, oh, your cholesterol is good, your blood pressure is covered, you're fine. That's not the whole story. There's a lot more to dig up. Yeah, so, Cliff, you better get into some better care and better advice, that's for sure. But thanks for calling. Siobhan, you have another caller? Yeah, next we have Dave in Windsor, Canadian friend. Dave, what's your question? Yes, first of all, first of all, doctor, you should, I want to congratulate you for being, you know, doing the best possible health care that you possibly can in your area. And the next thing that I want to suggest is this. What about, you know, getting therapeutics and nutrition over vaccines in coronavirus? Many times people get tense when they get, when they hear Omicron and it's all it is, is just a mild, mild case of leaky nose and whatever the case may be without letting the nose drain all that excess mucus that it doesn't need. What can you suggest about that? Well, thanks for calling, Dave. So, you know, because Omicron does sit in the nasal cavity more than the other variants, using like a a nasal spray with either saline, you know, that helps create an acidic environment in the nose to kill the virus. You could do a say, a, a rinse with diluted um, hydrogen peroxide or diluted providone iodine, and that'll help kill the virus. There are some products out there that have all that together, um, but that's a way to get rid of it. So it's not a question of, like, necessarily just letting your nose run to get, let the virus out. You want to spray in some one of those things to actually kill the virus, and it may help reduce the spread to other people and actually just reduce uh, reinfection within yourself, plus all the supplements, plus your ivermectin. And if you're having a really bad case, I would throw on there hydroxychloroquine also. And a question here, you know, since the Omicron virus is so effusive and not the, 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 uh, um, the, 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 what do I want to say? You don't get very sick with it. That's what I'm saying. You don't get very sick with it. And so therefore there must be a lot of people who have it and don't know they have it. And, and should they be doing this? Should they be taking nasal sprays? And, you know, for example, if you wake up one day, you feel under the weather and you've got the sniffles, how do you know that you don't just have, you know, a normal reaction to a cold, a flu, the normal viruses that we're used to? And um, should we be, you know, using nasal sprays to, as you said, the, the saline spray will kill, kill the virus anyway? Well, you're bringing uh, calendar mandate uh, three into effect, okay. which is no testing. So don't bother with testing. Just in case everyone wants to know, calendar mandate one is no more vaccines. Number two is boycott all these pharmacies. And number three is 
don't bother with testing anymore. So if you are sick right now, just assume it's COVID and do all the COVID things that we're talking about. And don't wait to see if you get sick or not. Just start right away. None of these things are going to hurt you. And even if it's not COVID, there's a good chance that they'll help knock out the virus that you do have. Um, so speaking about what you're saying, Emery, if you have a scheduled, random, routine nose swab for something stupid like a job or travel, you know, I would start doing that spray, you know, a few days ahead of time and spray like crazy just to kill out any random That's a you good know, idea. COVID That's pot. my point. Yeah. Right. I mean, who knows if you're still shedding virus from being asymptomatic exposure. Do that spray. Kill the virus. Now, is it going to work? I don't know, but it sure won't hurt so that you pass your COVID test and move on with your life. Yeah, because people don't know. There's probably a lot of people out there that have already had it or they've got it and, the, you know, they had, a, they had a mild case of what seemed like a normal flu or a normal cold and they never got to the point of getting to a doctor to find out or even to get a test because for a while there we couldn't, we didn't have access to the testing. Right, and I don't want to suggest that what I'm telling people right now is to hide their symptoms, go do the spraying, get your testing to get whatever you needed the testing for. If you are asymptomatic and you need to get a test to, you know, to get something, well, then do the spray. If you're symptomatic, well, then get treated, which also includes the spray. Right, exactly. Right, so I'm not telling people go out and hide your COVID and do the spray and, you know, do whatever you want to do. Stay home, recover, take all the supplements, take the drugs, and get over it. And then do the spray so you can go do whatever you want to do. Go see a Star Shed show. Go ahead, Siobhan. (laughs) No, I wanted to ask you a question. If you should test positive but you are asymptomatic, would you also recommend getting treated? Or if you're asymptomatic, would you just ride it out? There's no reason to get tested if you're asymptomatic. So you're only getting tested if you're asymptomatic if some, again. If it's so, required. What about re- if it's required? That's sure, what I sure. mean. If you just happen to discover that, you know. That's what you I have mean. To take well, a routine test. Well, that's what well, you got to prep for it. Do all these sprays ahead of time to give yourself the best chance to have a positive test. And then if you do have a positive test, you have no symptoms. You know, you got to quarantine with a mask and then wait for symptoms to happen. Then I would treat it. But I would not treat someone who's asymptomatic. Okay. I look at it as a false positive. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why there's no testing. False positives, false negatives. I don't worry about a false positive. Then I'm over-treating you. No harm. But a false negative is horrible because someone's sick and I'm not treating them because they're negative. And then I've had several of that in the beginning of, of Omicron. People sick, they get tested, it's negative. They do a rapid, they do a PCR, it's negative. And then a week later, they're calling me like, I'm still sick. Go get tested again. Oh, it's positive. We missed eight days right. of treatment. And if this person were sicker, they could have had a really bad outcome. So don't bother with any testing at all. Just if you're sick, assume it's COVID and treat it. Likewise, and they have to be able to get to the right doctor who's going to see them and who's going to get them on the right treatments. In the meantime, we have to take a quick break. You are listening to a special live broadcast tonight where the topic is your health and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question on the subject we're discussing and you would like to hear from the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. 
Welcome back to the final segment of our special weekly live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat chronic and debilitating disease. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician, and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. So Dr. Collender, coming back to the subject at large, which was about COVID, and we're getting callers, but as I said to you over the break, I'm fed up with these doctors that aren't willing to see patients. That's what they're getting paid to do. They should be forced to see patients. It is just nauseating to think about the fact that you can't get an appointment, you can't get through, you can't get into the building. You might not even be able to get up to the third floor. How about that? Well, the only time off I took from work was when I actually had COVID in March of 2020. So I don't, I haven't been working the whole time. I'm working right now. So we haven't taken a day off. And your patients are physically coming in to see you. You're not only treating them for COVID. You're also treating them for all of the other diseases that they have that are chronic diseases because those can't be ignored. And I mean, what about if you're diabetic? What about if you have some other systemic disease that's not COVID related? You have to pass a test to get in to see your doctor. They should all be fired. Goodbye. Telemedicine. <laughs> no, well, I'm serious. What are you laughing about, Siobhan? No, I'm glad that you saved your rant for the show because <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's very no, but frustrating. It's... I mean, on top of dealing with the medical crisis, you then also can't get advice from the one person that needs to give it to you because you have to wait. And you're paying. How about the huge amount of medical insurance that people are paying, whether their job's paying for it or whether you're paying for it independently? You can't get to see a doctor. You can't get into the building. And it's getting worse all the time. And so you're the only lone person out there that's staying open and seeing patients. And guess what? You're none the worse. Your patients are certainly better. You're helping them with their, their ordinary diseases as well as just COVID. And if they get sick from COVID, you're treating them right away. Okay, you know what? Let's fire the rest of the doctors. How about that? Let's go. Line them up. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> pink I'm slips. not in charge. Okay. Get the no, pink I mean, slips. Start handing them is out. there nobody in charge in this country that's making these doctors see patients? That's what you're supposed to do. You went to medical school to heal people and you should stay open. Doesn't matter whether it's the plague or whether it's COVID. Well, who's the Secretary of uh, Human Health and Human Services? And is that person going to change That's, anything? Uh, well, you ask who's in charge. I understand. Or but I... Dr. Fauci, who's the highest paid, you know, government official, more than well, the president. I mean, it's... he's a doctor, and he seems to be in charge. Maybe he'll can tell I you why. You, you always, you always go back to Fauci. <laughs> it's been a you, long time, but you it know, feels you, good. you try to go back to Fauci all the time, <laughs> and I'm glad you're happy and letting off some steam, but. As a consumer out there, uh, friends and family, neighbors, getting in to see a doctor is getting worse, more draconian than it ever was before. And this is like as wrong as it should be because that's what the doctor is there for. The Hippocratic Oath, you are there to cure, to see, to heal, and to take care of me, and you're getting paid to do it. I mean, what none of you realize is that how much damage your body is going through right now not having access to care and advice and treatment. And the and I'm seeing it in my practice. So even in my practice where I'm following these things, I'm seeing my patients that I haven't seen for a while. Some I haven't seen in a year and a half. They're coming in now. And 
They're yeah, I'm mar- going to stop you right there. Yeah. This is a year, like, you're right, a year and, and these and are half. people who pay me to come years? in. Right. Well, I'm getting their markers. I'm getting their IMT levels. I get their inflammation levels. I'm measuring their insulin resistance. And these numbers are all off the charts high. I mean, they're going to get better, but unchecked. And these are people who have guidance, you know, of what to do. So unchecked, that's what happens. You just go off the rails. So we're going to be seeing the damage of COVID and the lockdown and lack of access to care for years. And again, it's it's going to all be attributed to COVID, but really it's attributed to lack of prevention and lack of attention. Yeah. And as you said in one of the prior segments, good for England that they lifted all the restrictions and they're open and they're done with all this nonsense of you know, finding a good excuse to shut everything down, shutting down access to health care is absolutely ridiculous. You yourself have said, don't go to the hospital. It's not going to help if you have COVID. But what about the people with ongoing uh, disease processes that need to see you for whatever, for their diabetes, for their emphysema, for whatever, that has nothing to do with COVID, and you're just shut down and, well, not you, but other doctors are just shut down and you can't get in? Well, you're... Each of you are going to be paying that price for a long time if you survive it. Um, that's the bottom line. Is And it's going to get blamed on COVID, but it's really about just lack of attention, um, lack of prevention, lack of access. And, again, I get, they're going to all label it post-COVID. There really aren't any markers yet to identify what that is. It's um, too nonspecific. They don't know what it is. You know, it just it's it's we're up for a scary time still even if covid goes away even if it's done with omicron we're going to be dealing with the aftermath for a long time plus oh my god the, the mental health you know well, what, that's a whole nother story the mental health that's what a whole this story. thing did to everybody everyone's a mess um, the isolation the, the alienation that's uh unbelievable. The anxiety Damage. the ptsd right it's unbelievable and I mean, we've all been traumatized. and Yeah, uh, no one's caring about that. We don't even have enough psychiatrists to go around. No, and actually I've thought about getting back into therapy. I've called a few people I can't get in. That's ridiculous. Right, I mean, I'd only call one person, but, I, you know, they can <laughs> call me back. But it's, it's, imp- it's very, that's, that's the real trauma because you just can't, the other stuff you can fix. Again, in the right hands it can be fixed. The insulin resistance can be reversed. Arteries heal. Um, chronic disease can be dialed back. Uh, but again, you got to work at it. The mental health thing is very hard, very hard. You do need extra help with that. And of course, there's no access. I have a quick question for you. You're in a private concierge practice. You've been open all the time. None of your patients have gone to the hospital. No one's died from COVID. How many other concierge practices, you may not know the answer to this, but how many of the other personalized concierge practices, are they all mandated to see their patients and not shut down? And I wouldn't use the word mandate. Every doctor does what they want to do. So they all make their own choices. I'm pretty sure there aren't that many other practices that were treating COVID. Um, and they made their own choices whether they want to be in, in office or not, whether they want to stay virtual or not. Um, but it's... Uh, yeah, the, the inability to lay hands on people to do an exam, you know, it's just like having a meeting. You want to see people face-to-face. You want to see how they're responding to your questions and so that you can, you know, negotiate things. It's always helpful to have somebody in front of me so I can see them. 
How do you put a stethoscope on somebody over the internet? How do you do that? Oh, you can't. Right. So telemedicine is totally useless. And trying to sell it is kind of somewhat barbaric. It's right. It's being spun as helpful in increasing access. But really, we've talked about this before, it's a decrease in access. Because now the doctor's really limited on how many spaces they can fill. And if you don't have an appointment on the computer, you're not getting in. It pushes you out even further. Whereas what what about come, the older population that doesn't have a computer or poor people that don't have a computer? Right, people underserved that don't know how to people, use, right. Underserved they don't people, right. No internet access. That's not access. That's the opposite of access. That's just serving the people that already have it and giving them, letting them stay home. So what's the answer? We have 10 seconds. <laughs> Thank you. We need to really, <laughs> well, the, for the listeners, they've got to find a doctor who's going to take care of them. Exactly. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, so I'd like to quickly thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Collender Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. And we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Thanks to my co-host, Siobhan Cronin. Please continue to tune in to our shows Sunday afternoon at 3, Thursday evening at 7 for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Good night and be well.